Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Big at Night. Jay Binkley with, well, my good friend. Usually my Friday friend. It always good to talk to Julio Sanchez. What's up, Julio? How's it going, buddy? Pulling uh, pulling double duty today? That's what's happening? Just, just having fun, man. Just having fun talking sports. Could be worse, right? There's a lot to talk about, man. Right in my wheelhouse, college football. You know, you know I'm all about that fun stuff. Chiefs Broncos, you kidding me? We're going to get into some uh, Lincoln Riley talk, too? Yeah, we're going to. Okay. Maybe Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU. All right. Or a big fish from the NFL. Who knows? We'll talk to my guy, Nick Bromberg, from Yahoo Sports. Coming up at 730, we'll talk to uh, Ron Kopp over at Arrowhead Pride. Coming up at 630. But, uh, Julio, once again, we're facing here. You're going to be a Friday with me, aren't you? I assume you are. I will be. We have some more beer Friday, by the way, so you'll be excited about that for two guys in a brewery. Back in the house Friday. Always love it. Of course, a lot of Chiefs Broncos talk. And we, we've been to it. We've been this down this road before, Julio. You've been with me uh, for years. Broncos, Raiders, pick your poison. Does it revolve who actually is good? Because right now the only division in football, every team has a winning record, is this one, the AFC West. You buying it or not buying it? Because here's the thing. I'm sticking with what I thought, thought at the beginning of the season. I thought the Raiders got that hot start, 3-0. It was fake. I thought the Broncos did the same thing. They came back to earth a little bit. But they played good football lately, and the defense of Denver is no joke. That's actually one of their strengths. I'll give them credit for a good scoring defense because they're really good at keeping points off the board. And then the Raiders go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys. But I don't How much stock can I put in the Cowboys? You know right now they beat the Chargers by, what, three? They've lost back-to-back weeks to the Chiefs, the Raiders, then three weeks ago, they lost to the Denver Broncos. Dallas has. Against the AFC West, Dallas has the one W and three Ls. Kansas City's run a clean slate to the NFC East. Thought that's the way you'd go. The NFC East, baby. That's uh, that's not saying much. The, the NFC East is, is not good. Well, there's one thing is for sure is whether you consider the Raiders, Broncos, the biggest rival, it can be cyclical. I get it. And keep in mind, six years ago is a long time. If you're 18 years old right now, 12 years old was the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs. If you're 20 years old, 14 was the last time the Denver Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's been a minute. And I get it. And you might say, well, the Raiders or the Broncos have been relevant. But they have been because the Broncos went on, what, a 7-8 game winning streak before the Chiefs went on their 11-game winning streak. But once upon a time, the Broncos used to win this division. They used to win Super Bowls. And then, of course, there was the, the Raiders of old that were a good football team as well. That's the historical rival. That's the one I grew up with was the Raiders. But there's some kind of distaste I've always had for the Denver Broncos, always. And maybe it's their hatred they have towards us because they do. And with the Raiders, it's a new fan base in Las Vegas. I get it. They have a lot of the same Oakland fans. But that was fun when it was Chiefs in Oakland in, in Los Angeles there for a little bit. But – 
regardless, the Oakland hatred of Kansas City was fun. Now it's Las Vegas. So, and we all know those fans there are just high rollers and everybody else. It's not really. It's the, not the same. The, the Raiders It's not fans. the same, right? No, it's not the same whatsoever. But Denver is not liking this rivalry. Matter of fact, the last it's few years. A little one sided, right? Why no Von Miller went to the Rams who pushed all in, remember? But Von yeah, Miller but, and Odell Beckham, and Von Miller's not there, but he only spoke about this. Now the rest of them are running their mouths about this rivalry. You know, for them to have traded Von Miller and to be rebuilding, essentially, they they played played pretty well this season, right? Surprisingly, so. Like like the Chargers, I think the Chargers might have overlooked them last week, and, and look what happened. So, I think the Chargers I mean, get the run. I think the Chargers get the run. You know, they, they had the hot quarterback in division. Arguably, that, that, you, that's supposed to be the who are the best future quarterbacks in the division: Mahomes and Herbert. That's supposed to be our rivalry now, right? But Derek Carr is having something to say about that. Like Derek Carr doesn't want to give up that throne as the second best quarterback in this division at this point, and Justin Herbert just keeps losing. The Chargers are charging at this point, but they are all six and five. They all still have plenty of ground in front of them, like the Kansas City Chiefs, who sit atop the division at seven and four. And all of a sudden, said the name football, you have a first place game with the Chiefs and the Broncos. <laughs> just that that just sounds funny. It does sound funny. It sounds funny. And it looks better than what it did when they finally flexed it because Denver was kind of didn't they go out and beat the Chargers this weekend? No one anticipated at this point in the season this would be this would be a, a you know Chiefs versus Broncos for first place, right? No, it's not. It's all who you depend, and that'll be the text of the night. Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Raiders, Broncos are even the Chargers, who do you hate more? Because I have a feeling a lot of people in this town will say the Patriots, if Tom Brady was still there, they, they throw the Patriots because they'll all look outside AFC West. Because let's face it, Chiefs won this division the last five years. You know, it's half a decade that they've owned the AFC West and they're cruising towards another AFC West title this year. Does it exist outside the division? I think, I think it still might be the Patriots only because they are continuing to win now. And they really are. Right. And the Chiefs are the Vegas favorites to go to this win the Super Bowl once again. But I liked the Chiefs and Packers before the season started. I still do. I still like that matchup. Green Bay's gotten to the conference title game the last two years. We'll see what happens with Green Bay. State Farm Super Bowl, Jake State, State Farm, the whole deal commercials, you do the whole deal. But the public sentiment really wants the Patriots and uh, Buccaneers. They really want that matchup. In, in in the Super Bowl. Mitch Holtis was on with the drive today at 4 o'clock as he is each and every Monday, and he gave his thoughts on the biggest rival. So I've got a 7-year-old granddaughter. It's just a hoot. Uh, so is my 11-year-old granddaughter. They're both hoots. But we were playing a game, and uh, but we were having some fun and said, all right, what Chiefs opponent do you dislike the most? The 7-year-old had four listed. Like, it was in order. It was the Raiders, the Broncos, the Chargers, and the Buccaneers. Okay, out of the, out of the mouth of babes, right? Uh, and so, and my older granddaughter kind of had the same list. Then Tom Brady was on there. I was not a team, but just they threw him on there. Um, so, uh, I'm with you. When in my childhood, it was the Raiders, because and I had the blessing of working with Lenny Dawson for two decades. But he was my childhood hero. My mom made me a 16 jersey. I would go out and. Uh, farm and visualize the game. I had the stadium and it is always the Raiders, like pummeling the Raiders. But since I became the voice of the Chiefs in this brief twenty eight year span that I've had, honestly, it's the Broncos. Whoa. It's Mitch Holtus. Honestly, it's the Broncos. How about those? He would know he's called the Chiefs games forever. By the way, Denver is just not giving up with this. I mentioned Von Miller and the hatred for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, it goes on. A lot of the Broncos talking the same thing. Matter of fact, Justin Simmons, the starting free safety for the Broncos, good player. He was asked, uh, do you take it personally? Because the reporter's like, he sounds like you're taking this personally, this, this uh, Chiefs losing streak. Cause it's all I hear about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's extremely personal. Um, and no matter what I say up here, no matter how good it sounds, bad it sounds, like you said, you, you got to go do it. Um, no one cares what it looks like. All anyone cares about is that win-loss column. And... Um, that's what that's that's what we have to do. Just find a way to win. Um, we'll enjoy this tonight. Look at the positives. Obviously, look at the negatives, and um, we're all in next week. Said he's still taking it personally, right? So Bradley Chubb was asked that question today. They go, "Hey, Justin Simmons says he takes this personally. What about you?" Now Bradley Chubb needs to get on the football field. He's, he's played two games so far. Kind of get his feet under him last week. 
he should be a force this week. Again, they're counting on him. They, they could never get him and Von Miller to play together. And that was a real problem for the Broncos. But even he doubled down on it, even embracing the hate. Don't we always like to embrace the hate? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like my college days. I, I, at the time, I never beat Clemson. And um, I always had that, that hatred down in my heart for Clemson. And even this past year when, when NC State beat him, I was like, oh, man, we finally did it. And uh, I know everybody around there had that same feeling. So I feel like it's kind of the same with this. Like, we haven't beat them in a while, and um, it, that hatred runs deep. And when we do get over that hump, everybody's going to be rejoicing and, and moving on to the next one. And I feel like that's what we got to do, just um, knock this one out and, and, like I said, just keep moving forward. Two teams with two very different missions. The Chiefs are off to prove themselves once again as the most dominant team in the AFC, proving the Vegas favorites back-to-back Super Bowls for the Chiefs. Denver's just fighting for relevancy, right? They're trying to win with what they got with Teddy Bridgewater and Vic Fangio as head coach. Listen, I think Vic Fangio does a great job with the defense. Matter of fact, I like listening to him. But I don't know if he's the right guy because he kind of threw Drew Locke, who's the backup quarterback, who did get a chance to play this week, under the bus once again. And you just can't do that. But Vic Fangio, I don't think he's the right guy. Now, if Aaron Rodgers, again, they got Cortland Sutton in the mix, Tim Patrick's in the mix of the Broncos. If they were to get Aaron Rodgers, we could talk about this fun rivalry again. But, again, it was Peyton Manning, the last quarterback to beat the Chiefs, who's already in the Hall of Fame. I, I, but you heard Bradley Chubb. He likened them to Clemson. They used to beat NC State. Hunter Info from the Raiders a couple weeks ago likened the Chiefs to Alabama. He called them Bama because he, was, of course, was a Clemson star. I, I know you're, you're not – I'm not a big fan of Vic Fangio either. I, I don't believe him to be the, the not, coach I'm not, but I love his press conferences. Them, right? But we say that, and here they are – Fighting for first place, right in the AFC West with the Chiefs. Can you right? imagine Which the no victory lap they'll take? I mean, granted, I mean they'll throw a parade in Denver, right? I mean, they like they. I'm giving them credit. They love that team. Well, and maybe look, I, I know you're also a fan of Drew Locke. I am not that that big of a fan of Drew Locke. I want him out of Denver. I, 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 he needs to, yes. I, I don't think that was the right spot for him to land. But maybe that was some, you know, maybe he's seen ahead of of the curve of of Drew Locke not being the right fit for for that team, and he pulled the trigger appropriately. I'll always right? like Drew Locke being a local kid, you know, playing uh, here, going to Missouri, doing those things. He's I mean, a hometown kid. It's here. not his yes. fault he was drafted with a, a terrible quarterback situation. Going through he's never been a good fit for the Broncos. even though he's got Shermer for the last two years. But again, they decided to go Bridgewater instead. And again, I've said I said at the beginning of the year, I feel that Broncos roster is better than Chargers. I think that Broncos roster depth. is the second best yes. roster in this division. I think they win sometimes despite their head coach. Let's go to the phone lines to talk to. Uh, to our guy, Joe Raider. What's up, Joe Raider? Hey, hey, thanks for taking my call. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing, Joe Raider? Good. Well, I know you don't want this. The NFL's crazy, but I seen something earlier that if the Chiefs lose and the Chargers and Raiders win, it's the first time in NFL history that four teams will be 7-5 and five in the same division. You know, that, that could happen because, I mean, they're, they're sitting right now, the Chiefs 7-4, and four, the rest of them 6-5, and five, the only division in football with winning records. That would be uh, that would be impressive because the AFC West is, well, and Isn't again, that w- winning this division seems better now, right? Because everybody's got a yeah, winning record. I mean, you look at this division, think I, there's no layups. It's not like, you know, you're sitting in the AFC South like the Titans and you've got four games, keep this in mind, four games against the Texans and Jags. That's what right. Tennessee and the Colts have. They have four games versus the Texans and Jags. There's not that easy, free space in the AFC West. And, and I got a question for you. I mean, that's not going to happen because I, the Chiefs, I think, probably lose one more game if that. But if they all end up 7-5 and five after this Sunday, they're saying that Denver wouldn't win the division. Can you tell well, me? They, they, they'd be in first place in this division because of tiebreakers. Um, with the Chargers, so Denver, this is for first place. If Denver wins, they're in, they're in first. Unfortunately, okay. well, the NFL's crazy, but you know what? You guys started off bad, and uh, I, I think they're the second best team in football right now. Yeah, it's not where you started, where you finished. Thanks for the phone call, Joe Raider, because Vic Fangio even brought it up. And again, I don't like Vic Fangio as a head coach, but I take him as a defensive guy all any time. He went old man in the yard. And it's, again, he gives the best press conferences. He gives a lot of, you know, Bo Jackson comparisons with Chiefs. You're going to love what he says about these Chiefs. It's 100% true. Bring you some Vic Fangio from today next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Welcome back to Big Night. We'll talk to Ron Comp, Arrowhead Pride's lead analyst. Here at about 6.30, talking some Lincoln Riley and college football moves. The dominoes that could be falling in college football. 7.30 with Nick Bromberg at Yahoo. From 816, as long as John Elway is uh, affiliated with the Broncos organization, the biggest rivalry will always be the Broncos. Can't stand the horse face. I get it. Here's the thing. With Elway, it was more of a, a thing of respect. I hated to see him. What he would do at the end of the game, I did not want him having the football. And the good news is that's been Patrick Mahomes to them. So never want to worry. I talked to Andy Lindhall those afternoons in Denver, sideline reporter for the Broncos for years. And I asked him a couple years ago, like when Mahomes was making that run, the MVP season, so what do you fear about the Chiefs? And he goes, because you're going to have Mahomes forever. And this is before he signed his contract extension. He says, they're going to give him an extension. He's going to be there forever. This is all the Broncos fans are talking about. Because for years, the Chiefs, you know, had these Matt Castle, the Alex Smith. I mean, there just wasn't that guy that they feared. They fear Patrick Mahomes and what he can do. It is the same Chiefs. Vic Fangio, the head coach of Denver Broncos, who laugh at him all you want. He is a fun soundbite. I'll give him that. He basically says, hey, man, where'd the Chiefs go? I told you not to look at the records. That's what he told the media. Obviously, with who we're playing this week, they know that. Um, I didn't get to see the Chiefs earlier in the season when they had some struggles, but they're back to being the Chiefs again. And um, that's like you guys always ask me um, in, April, in May when the schedule comes out, you make these, this, that, and the other. And I, the answer I give every year, it depends when you play them, how they're playing, you know, who are they missing? Who are you missing? What kind of stretch are they going through? You know, so they're back to being themselves now. And that is so true, isn't it? They're back to being themselves. I didn't pay attention when the Chiefs are struggling. You know, I who knows? I mean, there's social media and other social media of NFL teams, AFC West. We're having fun with the Chiefs' struggles, right? They like to put out, well, who's in first place in the AFC West, right? Early on. What do they always say on Twitter and everything else? Don't hit what what Herm Edwards wants to say. Don't hit sin. Right? You make these proclamations. I mean, how bad? And I try to resist it. How bad do you want to tweet about a game? But there's still way too much time left. Like there was a ton when that Ravens Colts game, or that primetime game where the the Colts actually had a 19 point lead in the third quarter. And it was what's wrong with the Ravens? They suck. They, you know, they they're just getting by and well, they are, but we were talking about the Colts, and they come back and win the game, right? You had to wait. I'm sure there was a lot of this. I, I, I've done the post game here for Chiefs for years, and they were down 24 to nothing to the Texans. You should have seen the text line. It was a dumpster fire, so to speak. But what happened? And then for the rest of the time, they didn't doubt it. You know, they were down double digit to the uh, to the uh, Titans, and then to the uh, 49ers. And, but they didn't flinch because they know that's who the Chiefs are. They're never out of the game. Because Mahomes, the 49ers game is the only game, the first game he had lost by more than one possession. He's done it twice this year because he had the Bills and then the Titans this year. So very uncharacteristic of him, but he's always in the game. As long as you have him, I mean, he'll make you sweat. Because I remember going to the Eagles game, the Chiefs had 10 straight games with either one or lost by six points. It's been that close of margin with the Chiefs. But I love that. The Chiefs are back to being the Chiefs. Like, can you ever take the Super Bowl favorite lightly? It's kind of like when Iowa State was favored over Texas. They, they were the point favorite over them, but then they had brushed in the field. Vegas said you were the favorite. Why, what are you doing? Like, how would you ever take the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes lightly? People do, or were there for a while. Should have kicked them when they were down. Just like MMA fighting, man. You get them punched a bunch of times, and but then you don't pounce on them and the bell rings. Then they get a little bit of water, get their face wiped off, and they're back to fighting you. That's kind of what the Chiefs were. Nobody landed that knockout below. Chiefs were just sitting right there the whole time, ready to pounce. Uh, this is uh, this I thought was funny. This was Vic Fangio, head coach of the Broncos. Where he goes, old man in the yard, Julio. This is stuff you expect from Vic, right? Back in my it day, is. do you think he'll say the words back in my day? Get off my grass. Will the words back in my day be used? Yeah. yeah they will. I think so. It doesn't for me, but it does for them. Um, that's pretty. It used to be back in the day, Monday night, you know, 
you never had to worry about your guys getting ready emotionally for a Monday night game. That was the prime time big deal. Sunday night is kind of taking that over, and Monday night is kind of second place to that. So, yeah, there's no doubt for the players it is a big thing. He's talking about, you know, Sunday night football there. The players think it's a big deal. It's a primetime game. It's actually good games this weekend because the Bills and the Patriots on the next night on Monday night. It's actually a good Monday night game. But there's Vic Fangio talking about the players like it. But back in my day, actually just used back in the day, not back in my day. So it was close. Close enough. It was, it was close enough. Monday Night Football was the bomb, but it hasn't been for the longest time. I mean, Vic needs to get the program. Sunday Night Football has dominated for the longest time. That's been the game to watch. It's not been Monday Night Football. But as Andy Reid said today, you know, he's like, well, you're playing late at night. I get it. The players, they get up and they get excited for it. But it does put you behind the eight ball a little bit because you're not sitting around on Sunday night maybe watching one of your opponents. You're playing till late in the night. The good news is it's a home game for the Chiefs. They don't have to worry about traveling you know, late after that game, getting in three or four in the morning, they have to do that. It's a home primetime game for the Chiefs, which those fans will be liquefied by the game on Sunday night. Coming off of a bye week? Coming off the bye thirsty. week. Thirsty. Yeah. Fans are going to be thirsty. An actual meaningful game with the Broncos. An actual meaningful game. It's been a long time since you've said that. It has. It has. But you know what? At this point, the way the NFL is going, you got to respect everybody, right? I mean. The Bills found out the hard way against the Jags. The Bengals found out the hard way against the Jets. The Titans found out the wrong way against the Jets. You got to respect. You, Bron- the, the Cowboys found out the wrong way against the Broncos. Abnormal year. Ah, but the Chiefs are back to being the Chiefs, according to Vic Fangio. Then there's this question as well, because this came up with the Chiefs, and it's come up with the Denver Broncos. Andy Reid, we all know, his success on bye weeks. Andy Reid was even asked this today. Oh, I, I know. I've, I get asked that every year. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is. Um, we go back and we try to review everything, um, but and make whatever corrections. But uh, I don't. I don't know what the secret. If there, there's any secret there, I think everybody kind of does that. Well, the secret is he's always let guys just kind of do their own thing. In times where practice was kind of voluntary, wink, wink, getting to show up, like he was never about that. But there is something about him. You give that that summer off like he had against the Patriots a few years ago when they were hanging the banner, and and Eddie Reed put forty two on him. It was a game where Cream Hunt goes off. There is something to what the players relax. So whenever he goes back in the lab, hits that reset button. There's something about it because he's got the time to go back and look at little details, little things that aren't working. Andy Reed knows what they are. I mean, there's a method. He's a very humble guy. There's a method to his madness, though. There clearly is. But there's a reason why he's 26-6 and six in his career after bye weeks. That's not by mistake being 26-6. and 20, 26-6. and 19-3 in the regular season. There's no mixed mystery. Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Broncos, was asked the same question. Why is Andy Reid so damn good after bye weeks? I think you'd find some similar records for when they were playing without a bye. You know, they've won a ton of games in Kansas City uh, since he's been there, in particular since Mahomes has been the quarterback. And in Philly, you know, they had good teams there with uh, McNabb, and they had a hell of a defense there for a long time with Jim Johnson. And they were winning games no matter what, the bye week or no bye week. And um, and that's still the case. See, I like that sort of like it is. He's like, I don't, I don't, they win games all the time. It doesn't matter bye week or no bye week. He was 16 and two with the Eagles after bye weeks. That's where he made his mark. 10 and four with the Chiefs, not as good as when he was with the Eagles. Seven and one with the Mahomes, though, regular season, postseason. So he knows what he's doing. But you heard Vic there. <laughs> I guarantee you, Vic gets help with the cell phone on Christmas or Thanksgiving from his kids or grandkids. Don't you? But I just love how he, how he is. You know, Chiefs are still the Chiefs. I don't care that they had a better record and. And he said before, and then this, well, they're good after regular weeks, too. It's not just bye weeks they're good. Let's keep it I mean, simple. He's not wrong. Let's keep wrong. it simple, Julio. Let's keep it simple. Again, I'm glad he's not my head coach. Could be a defensive coordinator any day of the week. No question about that. But whenever he talks, I do like the lesson because there's going to be a nice comparison by the time we meet up on Friday of what he's going to say. And he's going to be asked this at nauseum because I just gave you three examples from the day. Denver, not even really full press conference. That was Vic Fangio from the day, Bradley Chubb from the day, Justin Simmons from the day. 
All ask about the Kansas City Chiefs. All ask about that losing streak. They're sick and tired of hearing it. And you think they want to go back to Denver with another L against the Chiefs? 2015, Julio. It's a long time ago, man. The Royals hadn't won that second world title since it was in September of that year. The Royals were ready to make magic. You know, Davis to be teared in the game. That hadn't even happened yet. It's been a minute, right? Lots happened in that time. Hell, we've had a worldwide pandemic in that time. Life was different then. But I digress. Ron Kopp, leading analyst, arrowheadpride.com. We talk Chiefs next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Text lines ask me about Kyle Long. His 21-day window expires today. Andy Reid was asked about it today. He said he's come a long way. It's somebody didn't commit to anything. they got to make the decision today. So I'm sure the news will come out at some point tonight. If you hit the little search button for Kyle Long, I'm sure we'll fill you in tomorrow. But there was no answer given today by the Kansas City Chiefs. Joining us now, the lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com. Give him a follow on Twitter. Does outstanding work at Ron underscore cop, K-O-P-P. What's up, Ron? Hey, Jay. Feeling good after a, a much-needed bye week. It was, it was a nice little break. I, I hope you enjoyed the bye week as well. You, you know what? Yes and no. I mean, yes, because, you know, like, hey, the team can get even healthier, relatively healthy group. You know, Fenton had a little bit of issues a week ago, but just in Tyron Matthew had the knee, and you give him two weeks rest, but relatively a healthy team, knock on wood, going into bye week. Get Thanksgiving off. That was a nice break from the NFL. Today, your bye week is right during, because they usually practice that day. You know, if they're playing on Sunday, they will practice on Thanksgiving. So we get the injury reports and everything else that day. But Vic Fangio was asked, the head coach of the Broncos great gave some great stuff, to be honest with you, Ron. He talked about Chiefs still being the Chiefs. He didn't care what their record was early on. He knows how good they are. And he also was asked about the bye week and said, hey, because they were asking about Andy Reid's bye week success, the you know 19-3 and three in the regular season. He said, well, they win anytime anyway. It doesn't matter if it's a bye week or not. They still win games, which is 100% true. Andy Reid was asked about it. He really didn't elaborate what he does. Early on, it was the time off that he gave the players. Still does that, of course. But I think he goes back to lab, Ron. I mean, how best would you describe it? Because he seems to me to be a guy in little problems the Chiefs have had because they haven't been a perfect football team, and we all know that. But I think he spends time on that list. I really do. I think he breaks down a list of things that aren't going well and tries to fix it. That's what he spends his two weeks on, not uh, out having fun and doing whatever and getting his Christmas shopping done. He's working. Yeah, exactly. Andy's a worker, man. We know that. We I, I love those stories. You hear Ver, uh, Veach talking about how he tries to beat him into the building uh, on some of those days, you know, no matter how early he gets, and he just can't, right? Um, no, I, I think the Chiefs, it seems like in the Andy Root era, they've always really benefited from the NFL giving them a late bye week. I mean, I can't remember the last time we saw a Chiefs team get one of these week four, week five, week six bye weeks. I actually think that is by design. I think the NFL uh, uh, kind of – that's kind of the way they give their, their elite teams or maybe their elite coaches a little bit of a help. You notice that other teams like the Bucks this this year have a, a late bye week as well. And, and um, uh, so, yeah, so, so I think it's, it's a benefit the Chiefs have had as, as being one of the you know premier teams in the NFL, and, and they take advantage of it. And I think this year especially it's going to be a good one to take advantage of because it's just happening at the perfect time, right? The defense is finally get it, getting all into it. The offense is finding a rhythm. But I do think on offense, I think one thing that he could be seeing in the lab, as you say, this week or during the bye week, is that this team could run the ball a lot more if they really wanted to. And I really do think that's, that's one, they could be more effective, I should say. They, they, they really could kind of rely on the ground game a little more than they still do. I think that is something that Andy is kind of holding in his back pocket, in my opinion. And if he's not, I, 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 hope, he, I hope he does realize it at some point because I do think that's a little secret weapon this team has that they haven't truly uh, used and taken advantage of yet is that they could really pound the rock on a team and really control the time possession and, and, and really win a game just by running the ball uh, in, in a strong manner. Um, you know, and that's going to really help in, in January, obviously, in these later games. But I think that's something that, that I, I'm hoping Andy finds out when he's looking at his team right now because I, that's, that's something they need to be utilizing in the back of their pocket when they really have to later in the year 
and kind of you know hold hold the game and kind of control the game by by controlling the rock and, and pounding the rock. I really think they could do that. Well, the run offense is uh, 18th in the league, 111 yards game. Obviously, Mahomes will you know, give you 20 or 30 of those yards as it is with the scrambles. But the run defense is 16th in the NFL, and that it was one of the ways teams used to beat the Chiefs. They'd run the ball, control the clock, and that's been different lately, Ron. You know, this defense is getting the three and outs. It is the only defense this year to go four straight games, 20 points or less. I mean, they are giving him more opportunities to be on the field. So, yeah, if they could run the ball more, that's great. But, man, on the flip side, with this defense doing that, they're giving that offense. It was an offense that had the fewest drives in the NFL first five or six weeks of the season. But that's completely changed. They're getting on this field a hell of a lot more because the way the defense is playing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the third down defense has really improved, right? And it's because... Uh, or I should say real quick that that season long, they're, they're up to 13th in the entire NFL in third down conversion percentage allowed on the lowest rate, the 13th lowest. And I think what that tells you, what you're getting into the run defense, is, is teams are getting into lesser and lesser advantageous third down situations because of how good the run defense has been, because they're stopping them on early downs, forcing them into you know, third and longs, like third and eight, third and nines, not third and three, third and fours. And where your your run defense kind of is allowing those you know four or five yards on the early early downs and allowing the the offense to get in third shorts, the run defense is really helping the third down defense. And then obviously you know besides the run defense, it's really just the pass rush and the cornerback playing well too. So all that to say is is yeah, the defense is really holding up their end of the bargain a lot more than they were before. And and I always was kind of the one saying, hey, the offense needs to help out the defense more by playing better. But now you're seeing that this defense is actually doing their part of the job as well. And if we can kind of get these two units clicking at the same time, which I think we're at that verge, we're at that, you know, we're, we're kind of at the surface of that. We're, we're, we're hitting the surface of that a little bit, especially coming out of this bye week. That's when we really see this team roll. And, and it's going to be fun. It's exciting to see if they can put it all together for the rest of the season. I think the AFC West is fascinating. Is the only division in football where every single team has a winning record. I didn't expect that. But then again, I don't know how you view this division. I mean, I've been waiting for the Chargers. I grew up in the Show Me State, so I'm like, just show me you can do something because we talk about your hope and your hype for the last five seasons. You're the most overhyped team in football that doesn't you know, live up to your expectations. But I don't fear any of them. I mean, I know the Raiders beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I know the Broncos had a big win last week, but were bombed by Philadelphia the week before. Do any of these teams, and I know this is for a first-place game with the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs, but when you look at this division, I know they're better records than what they've had in the past. I don't necessarily know the quality of play is as good even in the past. I think the records are because some of the teams they played, but I don't fear them. Yeah, you know, I think this is going to be kind of a, a, a hot take maybe or just kind of a, a different thing to say from, from we've kind of all heard the Brandon Staley love all year about, you know, his fourth down aggressiveness and some of the things he says. People really like to you know, count him up and kind of say, you know, he's already one of the best maybe young coaches in the league. Well, I think Andy Reid has a clear and, and almost like an unfair um, coaching advantage throughout the rest of the division right now, and I think it's kind of being proven. You're seeing that like a team like the Chargers. Yeah, Staley's been a good coach, but their offense is not putting Justin Herbert in the in the right positions. I know their offensive line has been playing well, but their play calling just does not take advantage of Herbert's skills whatsoever. It's a very conservative play call, you know, a, a playbook, I should say. And it just seems like, you know, with a guy like Herbert, you want to kind of be trying to stretch the field a little more than they seem to do at times. Um, also in Denver, I mean, with Vic Fangio, you know, yeah, he, he's, he's a really good defensive coordinator, there's no doubt about it. But just overall as a head coach, I think, you know, he's proven that he's, he's just not the greatest, you know, game manager in terms of kind of just, you know, doing things you have to do as a head coach during the game. And then, you know, obviously the Raiders have an interim head coach. So all that to say is I think the biggest difference right now to me is that the Chiefs have a, a very clear coaching advantage over the rest of the, the division. Yeah, the, the, the other teams in the division have talent. They have individual talent just like the Chiefs do. But no one's got the staff that the Chiefs do right now. You know, all three, you know, talking about the coordinators and the head coach. I, I just think the Chiefs have such a clear coaching advantage right now. And, and you're seeing why a team that started uh, off the worst out of all four is now in first place. And I think that goes to show you why it's the head coach. Over at ArrowheadPride.com, we're the lead analyst. You and uh, Matt Stegner do an Out of Structure podcast, uh, AP Out of Structure podcast, each and every week. And one of the topics you guys were discussing was the rest of the Chiefs' schedule. Now, when they built up four losses, like right, the margin for losses isn't there, right? 
but they were able to make it through it. You know, you make it through that Giants game and the Packers game and the Raiders game and and the Cowboys game and go unscathed. And obviously, you know, having Jordan Love instead of Rodgers was huge for the Chiefs. But regardless, they've made it through maintaining just four losses. When you look at this schedule, and I know you were talking about Cincinnati or the Chiefs playing out in Los Angeles, that you don't think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the year. I don't either, by the way. I think they will drop one of those. I think they'll drop one of those too, either Cincinnati or Los Angeles. Which way are you leaning? Man, that is tough because I just went. I just kind of said that how much of the advantage of the coaching and the division is important, and I really don't think you know. I think the Chiefs. I think we all think that the Chiefs should have beat the Chargers the first time. I think the Chiefs are, are decidedly the better team, um, especially the way they're playing right now. But I just think you know, even head to head before the season, that the Chiefs. Or, you know, uh, early in the season, the Chiefs definitely, you know, should have won that game. They've had so many dang turnovers. But, so, yeah, I, I think all that to say, I think the Chargers game is the toughest one. I mean, you're talking about a short week. You know, it's a Thursday night road trip. You're going out on the road to L.A. You're crossing the country. It's a two-hour time difference on that short week. You're also doing that after four straight weeks, so basically a month straight, which, you know, obviously some players probably traveled maybe in Thanksgiving, but – for basically a month without any travel because there's no road games before that Los Angeles game. they got two uh, games of Arrowhead coming up before that game. So I really think that could kind of just mess them up. And, and yeah, it's nice to have this little uh, stretch where they're not doing a lot before that game. Maybe that'll help. Um, but, yeah, I really think just the circumstances of that game will be tough. And the Chargers will be fighting for their playoff lives in that game. They put themselves in that position where – you can pretty much guarantee that that game's going to really mean, really, really mean something important to the Chargers in terms of even just being a, a wild card berth. I think the Chiefs at that point, you know, in my opinion, they're going to win the next two games, and so at that point, you're you're a little more comfortable in the AFC West, uh, you know, spot that that top spot. So maybe that's just kind of what it is. Maybe it's just that chart that that Chargers, you know, they'll just maybe want it a little more, and that'll just be a tough game Thursday night on the road, uh, you know, across the country. I think I think that's the most likely. A scenario, but I also am not would not be surprised at all if the Chiefs were on the table. I think they had that set up for them. They own this division enough for that to happen. I absolutely would not be surprised if the Chiefs go on a run here, just like they did at the end of 2019. It is interesting, Ron, that uh, you know once they once they played play Denver on Sunday night, stretch of 11 games with three of them against AFC West, back to back to back. In those 11 games, Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. So it's a good thing they were rested up. Good thing they were rested up because they had those three games in 11 days. Ron, I've been battering uh, this around with um, some people in the office asking them their thoughts on it because Mahomes is the easy answer, but I don't know if it's the answer this season. Is Right now, I know we're, we're past, we're into the second half of the season now, but if I had to give you a ballot, all the players, who's your MVP right now for the Chiefs? For the Chiefs? Okay, yeah. That's, I, I thought you were going league for a second. And no, we're not going league. Right we're just now. sticking with the Chiefs. Yeah, I was going to say the league MVP right now. I, I couldn't even tell you a uh, guess. It's, it's so up in the air right now. But the team MVP, man, we actually picked uh, midseason awards last week. We got articles up on the site, so go check that out. But I was surprised because I, I thought I had a bold take on this, but it seemed like we all agreed that AP is that it's Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill is the MVP of this team right now. Um, because of how reliant, how consistent he's been all season. He's really the only piece. And, hey, we know. There have been a couple drops that have turned into interceptions at the hands of Tyreek. So he hasn't been perfect. No team, no player on the team has been perfect this year, obviously. But, man, he's just been so consistent. He's been Mahomes' most reliable target this year. He actually leads the team in targets per game by a lot uh, over Travis Kelsey, which that was never the case in the Mahomes era. Kelsey has always led the team in targets per game. But you're seeing that he's able to rely on Hill more and I think it also shows that Hill is able to evolve his game. You know, hey, we all, as Chiefs fans, we know he's not just a deep threat. We've known that for a few years. But this year he's really shown that he can just be kind of that possession receiver at the same time that can just get those, those small, those, you know, short to intermediate games that are kind of boring but are necessary, especially this year with the, the way the defenses are playing the Chiefs. So yeah. I think it's really cool to see Tyreek kind of evolve in that way. And well, I think he's, he's been the most consistent player on this team right now, and he's, he's the biggest reason why. They have this floor of competency where even though they play, they haven't been playing that well all year, they're still 7-4. I think well, it's Tyree Kill. Well, that's uh, a good choice for the Derek Thomas Award. He is fifth in the NFL in receiving yards, but he's number two in catches, and he does have this going for him. You're right. He even talks about it. You know, he's the nine-route, the vertical route guy going down the field. He's had to adjust his game, and that's only made him a better wide receiver 
because he's had that he he's added that element to his game. You know, Mahomes is talking about it. Tyree Kills uh, talked about it. I went defense though, and I went Chris Jones, only because of his flexibility, willingness to do outside in the beginning. The lost weight. He means so much to that defense because he makes everybody in the defensive line, including the edge, edge is so much better when he's having good games. And a big part of his defensive turnaround is because of the fear, I believe, offensive lines have in Chris Jones, not only the sacks, but the batted balls. But I like the Tyreek Hill choice, but my choice is Chris Jones. Yeah, I think Jones is a great choice for this too, and 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 it's a, it's a good if you think about it. If you look at the schedule, at least you know as soon as Jones starts getting healthy from that wrist injury, and and they start moving inside more, all of a sudden that's when you see the defense start to t- take that corner. But I I will even counter that a little bit because I had a, a more unique answer to the defensive award too. Okay, I actually do think Jones maybe maybe you know it's, it's probably the best choice in my opinion. But just to shake it up a little, bit, I said Frank Clark. Because I think you, you could make almost the very same argument that you just made for Jones about Clark. You know, Clark come you know, he didn't he played week two, he wasn't healthy. We all kinda know that and, and it didn't really show. He comes back, you know, about week five, week six, it was week five against Buffalo. Yeah, the defense didn't look great that game. But ever since then, ever since Frank Clark's really been back in the lineup, really, you know, uh, starting and playing healthy, you know, the defense has been excellent. Um, and, and so I think you can make a similar argument as you said for Jones for Clark is that, you know, Clark's edge pressure, Clark's edge presence kind of making quarterbacks move up in that pocket, especially against Dallas. That was a lot of the reason why Jones was able to clean up and earn those sacks. So I think I think Frank's been a, a huge piece of the defense since he's returned. And he also plays, I mean, he almost plays nearly 90% of the snaps at times. Jones never plays that much. So Clark is on the field more, too. I think Frank Clark deserves a lot more credit than maybe he's getting this year for how, for how impactful he has been on this defensive turnaround. I think he should get a lot of credit. You know, he's come on lately strong. That's that's um, right there. But Melvin Ingram, too. You know, what a great addition that was to the Chiefs' yeah. defense. But Chris Jones, all the batted balls lately, two the week before, one this week. So it is interesting. The good news is we have other people. It's not just identifiable as one. Because then you get a problem, Ron, if it's just one. The fact you can have an yeah. argument debate about it is a good thing for a football team. Yeah, and, and I think you can even expand it, too, a little bit. I mean, you know, I, I know Travis hasn't had his, his greatest year. He hasn't been the most prolific, but he's still one. Of the, he's still by far the best tight end in the NFL uh, statistically and everything. So I think Travis, you know, he, he's had some some mishaps just like everyone else on the offense has, but he deserves a little, deserves a little love too. But, you know, the reason everyone always says Mahomes, and, and it's coming to fruition this year again, is that, you, you know, the team wasn't playing very well. Mahomes wasn't playing very well. All of a sudden Mahomes starts playing a little better. The team starts playing better. That's just how it goes. It's a quarterback league. And when your quarterback is this good, this elite, uh, he, he's obviously, you know, when he's not playing well, it's going to affect the rest of your team. But now that he's looks like he's kind of getting back into rhythm, getting back into form, what do you know it? All of a sudden, the team's on a four-game win streak. That's just how it goes. Great stuff. Check his workout over at ArrowheadPride.com. His podcast out there as well, at Ron underscore Cop, K-O-P-P, lead analyst, ArrowheadPride.com, joins us quite a bit. And, of course, he joins us each and every Arrowhead Pride radio show as well. Thanks, Ron. Have a good evening. You too, Jay. Appreciate you. Thank you. Coming up next, Julio, there's something uh, that I want you to explain to me that I just don't quite understand that's going on in the city. Thought I knew the city well. Evidently, I don't. We discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big and IJ Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports says, Sources, LSU is expecting to hire Notre Dame's Brian Kelly as the school's next coach. Interesting because, well, his team's not exactly 100% out of the playoffs. Probably is. Probably is. But uh, Brian Kelly, I, I like Brian Kelly. It's a good choice for head coach. But, you know, where's Notre Dame's fifth right now in the college football uh uh, the predictions for this week's uh, 11, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, then Notre Dame. What happens if uh, Alabama gets rolled? What Can is Notre it? Dame get to the top four and all of a sudden you don't have a head coach anymore because he's going to, to LSU? Uh, and what does that say about Notre Dame's program now, right? I, the fact I, that they're sitting in fifth, Oklahoma. Right? I mean, you're having guys leave. And Oklahoma hasn't lost a coach since 1946 to another program. Unbelievable not, stuff. Not as much of a, a destination as they maybe think they are, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, well, and going to the SEC, you would think. But, again, I think teams look at the comp. It takes a special guy 
Especially a guy with a gusto gig, to man. say, you yeah. know what? I can lead him. I can lead him. I can go. I can hang with the I'm big boys. I'm not worried about the SEC. I have an ego. Should Most be. of these guys do have an ego, so, you know, you would expect them to uh, to want that. But I'll talk to Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports later on. We'll talk about the coaching carousel and, their, and the way they're going. No, Julio's my, my question is this. So people were being interviewed once again. The news, I think, gets bored if they're not talking about COVID for like 50 minutes this. or for 20 minutes yep. and then do weather and then sports for two minutes. Seriously, it's the news. Yeah. It's COVID for nine minutes, murder, five more minutes on, 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 on COVID. That's why I don't watch weather, the news. Weather, local sports for like two minutes, and then that's then weather again at the end, and it's done, right? That's news. Whataburger. They're all on Whataburger. I guess it is a yeah. nice change from just the – again, I don't watch local news very often, but occasionally I do just see what's going on. Keep aware. Keep alert. And Twitter keeps you you know, aware of that stuff, too, where you don't necessarily need the news anymore. It's kind of like sports highlights. You get them before you even have to wait for Sports Center like we used to. But Whataburger's already open in Lee Summit. And I think they're getting to the point, aren't they, when they're not going to have the uh, the detour you know, for people to get around and stuff because the initial rush is over to some extent. Is it, though? I, I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It doesn't I, seem I, to be. I, okay. Well, <laughs> doesn't I guarantee seem to be. Well, Independence just opened theirs. Yeah. And there was a lady waiting since 830 last night. Why? Many questions. She had like a Whataburger sweater on, too. She And socks. I mean, she's like a Whataburger fan. I was waiting for her to pull out the Whataburger tattoo. You know what I'm saying? If you're a big fan. But the thing about this, at 830, you could have gotten your car and driven to Oklahoma and got one and got back before you would get your or burger. Or just went to Lee Summit. Or just go, just go <laughs> a couple minutes away to Lee Summit to get the Whataburger. I doubt they make them even any better in Independence than you, Lee Summit. Doesn't have the same clout, though. <laughs> Doesn't have the same clout, right? She was first in line. She's on the news, Bank. But again, Julio, this is, I guarantee 90% of those people are the ones that go out and wait for the, the TV or whatever. Black, the Best Black Buy. Friday specials. They've got the tent and the lawn chairs and... And they're making new friends out at these uh, Black Friday deals. And uh, you know, they're probably on their phones for Cyber Monday today. I know you were big into that I did today. a little shopping today. But they might have been doing that while they're in line. But a couple questions. Because I asked Dusty this earlier today when he was with us this morning. I said, where do you pee? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, what your car's parked. You got to take a leak because you can't hold it from 830 in the morning. I doubt it until... The next morning, you just waz in your pants. Did you get some Depends <laughs> I don't, I don't before you sit there all night? I'm curious. No. Does your car smell like pee the whole drive back? Because where are you wazzing? It depends. So this is where the experience. Or man, where are you going? Where are you going to the bathroom? Uh, you got a number I'm two. Just you asking, got an man. issue. Well, I'm just asking. You got an issue. What are you going to do? Uh, so so some of my family members do do the whole Black, Black Friday shopping, camping out kind of thing. You, the experience people know, you bring something in the car. Like a like a water bottle or something like that. Male, female. I don't know how that works well. Male versus female. But males, you, you pee right in a bottle. You go in the car, you pee in a bottle. Females, I guess you could do the same. Those that come prepared have those little wizardator things, right? That you can <laughs> wizardator. Yeah, the you know, things you kind of pee in it, like you know, oh, it I've falls seen into the into the bottle. I, I used to those fly. Are I, the used experience to fly I used to fly do. planes, and it's we had wizardators. See. Yeah, that, I mean, I I did that for the the Chiefs uh, Chiefs Super Bowl parade. It was too packed to go to the bathroom. You pee, I peed, peed right in my suit. That's how you do it. Really? That's right. Well, I was just curious. And MacGyver it. Do they set up porta potties and stuff? I mean, there's no way they go all the way to the line with them, right? No. No. You're kind of like an NASCAR no driver. You're stuck in that car. You, just, well, you know what they do? They whiz in their suits. Because I've asked them. I mean, that's just... Well, what right. do you do? I That's asked him. Nothing, do you, I, 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 it's a question I asked him. We said, what do, you, what do you do? Nothing in this when world. When I had these drivers on. Nothing in this world. I've had Truex and all these guys on. I said, no. what, do you, what do you do? Nothing in this world, especially food, is worth pissing yourself and sitting in it. I'm just nothing. curious. But you know there's going to be nothing. like 14 around the city? Because Mahomes is with this different group that's buying a bunch of them. And there's a couple up north of river like Parkville and Berry Road and 152 and stuff. Could be closer to us, Julio. They're not all going to be that way, but right? But it's Mahomes' group. Yeah, he, he's got a separate group that kind of bought into it, and they're getting different Whataburger chains. But I think all in all, we're going to have like 14. And, you know, by this time next year. Way too many. It, it's just going to be like going to McDonald's. I mean, they're going to be everywhere. 
Yeah, not not every opening is going to be this way, right? I, I gosh, I hope not. 913-576-7610 J South Toast Service text line. If you were in line for a burger from Whataburger, basically I want to know why the hell you did it. All right. Is it worth it? And was it worth it? I mean, it's great burgers given that, but was it worth it? Let's be honest. Is anything worth the wait? Because I will go in a restaurant and if it's like a 15, 20 minute wait. The answer is no, but which I know it's usually shorter than that because but again, with 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 help not being there, I mean these these places are struggling to keep people, which if I'm these places I'd advertise. I said, hey, we're full staff. We pay our employees. Come have a good experience. Because so many people are having bad customer sure. service experience. That's what I need marketing. But it's I am true. curious if you're one of those people. Coming up next, Nick Saban went on a rant about a week or so ago on his weekly radio show. And, man, you can compare a lot of it to the Kansas City Chiefs. We discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.